I'm Casey. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm one of the associate pastors um, here at Chi Alpha. So if you're new and I haven't met you yet, I would love to meet you after service. Um, you may be wondering why Pastor Derek and Taylor aren't here tonight. Um, and with his permission, he asked, uh, he actually asked me to do it, I guess. Um, it wasn't his permission, but he asked me to share um, just what's going on with them. So to not keep you guys in the dark and so we can all be praying for them. Um, so yesterday they had an appointment. Um, if you don't know, they're pregnant with twins. Um, and they had an appointment and they learned that the twins have a condition. And so they went up to Mayo yesterday and Taylor had a, a surgery done. Um, and it all went well. They're both doing, both the twins and Taylor are doing great. Um, so that's good. But just we want to continue to pray for them and continue to pray that um, God would just continue to grow the babies and that they would come at the right time this fall. So if you guys would join me, I'm just going to pray for them before we start. Um, Jesus, we love you so much. God, we're so thankful for um, the miracle that these beautiful babies are. God, I just thank you so much for um, just keeping them safe throughout the surgery and keeping Taylor safe as well. Um, Lord, we just pray that you would continue to just give Derek and Taylor so much peace um, and comfort during this time. And Jesus, I pray that you would help all of us to um, just continue praying for them, continue to pray for these growth of these babies and that... Um, they would continue to just get all the nutrients that they need over these next several months, God. We believe that you're a healing God, so we're just so thankful for not only what you've already done through the surgery, but what you're gonna going to continue to do, Lord. We love you so much and pray in your name. Amen. Whew. Okay, on a totally different note, so sorry. Um, even though it wasn't the original plan for me to talk tonight, I'm really excited um, to share with you this simple truth that I feel like God has been speaking to me recently. Um, so back in high school, I ran cross country. I know it doesn't look like it because short, um, but I really liked it actually. I really enjoyed running um, and all the like adrenaline rushes and things like that that came with being a runner. And I learned that long distance running apparently isn't easy. So if you don't know that, I'm sorry, harsh reality, long distance running is very difficult. Um, and most of the time, it's actually not about natural skill. I saw some people shaking their heads. Yes, it is. It's difficult. Anyway, um, when I learned the hard way, because again, short legs, um, that long distance running probably wasn't for me. Um, I had to learn all these different like techniques and skills to help me um, improve my running. And specifically, there was a couple of techniques that helped me during races. Um, and one of the most fascinating techniques I learned from my coach, maybe he made it up, maybe it's a real thing, I don't really know, um, but it's called drafting. And essentially what that is, is you find a runner who's the same pace as you and you like run directly behind them um, to not hit as much wind. I don't really know. The friction is less. Um, whatever that means. I don't really know. But, but when you're running behind them, there's less friction. Science. Um, and you get to use them as not only your human windshield, but also your pacemaker. So it's pretty cool. And the great thing about being able to draft behind someone is that you conserve a lot of energy um, throughout the entirety of your race. Like, yes, a 5K is still very difficult to run, at least for me. Um, but running a race behind somebody else who's, like, getting more tired and more worn out is kind of a game changer. And so during that last trek of the race, uh, if you don't know, you have to, like, sprint because everyone's racing to get to the finish line at the end of a cross-country race. Um, and you can run harder than most other people because you've been conserving just a little bit of energy because you've been um, protected by somebody else. And um, they've been helping you protect your energy the whole time. And at the end of the race is where I didn't draft people. I was always like panting really heavy, um, kind of like I am right now. Um, and I was more tired and out of breath than I normally was. And I felt like I had gotten punched in the gut. 
I still did like the sprint at the end, um, but half the time I felt like I was going to throw up. So that was a good time. Um, but at the end of the races that I did draft someone and I ran behind them the whole time, uh, I was always really grateful for the person ahead of me. Like granted, they didn't give me permission to uh, like use them as my wind blocker. Um, but I was really grateful for them because they blocked the resistance and helped me set my pace. And they took on the weight of like a harder race than what I would have had to run and helped me compete better. And I think for a lot of us in life, um, we are trying to run like the race of life without our drafter. We rely on our own natural skills and abilities to do the things that we want to do or have to do, but we end up exhausted. We end up making things harder for ourselves and don't focus on the one person who actually wants to help us not just get through the race, but excel in the race. And we are so content with living the same way day after day, even if it's killing us to continue to hold on to the things that we're holding on to. And this is evident all around us. We live in a world that encourages us to pursue self-reliance, to not trust anyone to help us and to do everything ourselves. It's even in the cultural encouragements that we share with each other sometimes. We're like, you've got this. Find your truth. You're the best. And we so badly want to have what it takes to reach our dreams and fulfill our potential and meet all the responsibilities in life that we have to do. But we don't. We don't have that. We don't have what it takes. When we fall short of the things that we're shooting for, we find ourselves disappointed and tired and burnt out. And the reality is, we are not self-sufficient. And when we believe that we are, it hurts us by one, either making us anxious when we can't handle the demands that life is throwing on us, or two, letting us fall into pride and self-righteousness when we seem to achieve the things that we are shooting for. We need to be awakened to the reality that we are not self-sufficient. So tonight we're going to be continuing in our sermon series, Awaken. Um, so last week we got to hear from the incredible Amber Enos um, as she shared the story of Nicodemus and what it looks like to follow the real Jesus, not just follow um, Jesus, but the crucified Christ. Um, she shared that we must be reborn into following the crucified Jesus. And it was so good. So let's just clap for her because I want to hype her up every day. Girl is a very talented preacher. And so if you missed last week, please go look it up online. It's on our website. Listen to it. Hype her up. She's so gifted. It's awesome. Um, but tonight we're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles with you, feel free to turn there with me. But if you don't, it's also going to be on the screen behind me. So in the beginning of this chapter, Jesus is talking to a group of John the Baptist disciples who were asking the question that everybody was asking at this time. Are you the Messiah that we've been waiting for? Like, are you really the guy or should we keep looking? And as Jesus begins to respond to this question, the crowd begins to gather to hear the response. Jesus talks about himself and the relationship that he has with the Father. And at the very end of him speaking to the crowd, we find the passage that we're going to be reading tonight. So this is starting in verse 28 of Matthew chapter 11. And Jesus says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to speak, even if it's under um, circumstances that we don't all love. And um, I just thank you that you've just spoken this over me, and I pray that you would help me to communicate it effectively. Um, and that even though this is a passage that some of us might have heard time and time again, I pray that you would just give it new life, Lord, that you would convict each of our hearts, um, and you would help us to look at you and look at your character just a little bit more clearly tonight. We love you so much. I pray all in your name. Amen. So at the beginning of this passage, Jesus says to the people, come to me. 
In this simple statement, Jesus not only shows his authority, but also his heart for people. Jesus wants his followers to come to him. He isn't some far off being who just like created us and then dipped. He's this personal God. He is a personal God who desires relationship with each and every single one of us. And as much as we might try, we can't go unseen in the kingdom of God. Jesus calls us, calls a very specific type of people in this, in this passage when he says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He directed his call to those who are burdened and weighed down by the things of this world. Jesus wants to bring comfort and bring rest to those who labor, or as the NIV translation says, those who are weary. For me, I think it's really easy when I'm getting like exhausted and overwhelmed and just feel the weight of the world on my shoulders to just let, to feel like I just have to like let everything go and just be okay with life before coming to Jesus. But Jesus doesn't say that in this passage. He just says, come to me. I don't have to drop everything on my plate or have it all figured out before I get into Jesus' presence. But when I'm there, that's when Jesus will give me the rest that I so desperately need. And he can help me by picking up every possible thing that I have, every possible thing that I feel like I'm mentally responsible for, and I get to just be with him. This is the kind of peace and rest that Jesus is offering. And it's not something that we can muster up. It's something that only comes from Jesus. If we want rest, we have to come to Jesus. So I'm going to be real with you guys. Um, Yesterday, when Derek called me and asked me to preach tonight, I panicked. Um, And while I love sharing the word with you, I think a lot of you know, because of my conversations with you, sermon writing stresses me out a lot. Um, I get in my head and try to make everything perfect and sound really good. And it just leads me to getting like really frustrated and really overwhelmed very quickly. And so needless to say, I cried a few times yesterday. Um, I think my small group group chat got a little too many snaps about the process of sermon writing. Um, But it's okay, because in the midst of that stress and that worry, I thought of Derek's encouragement to me to um, preach on something that God has been speaking over me. And so I immediately turned to Matthew 11, and I reread these words that Jesus spoke to not just the people there, but the words that he spoke to me a few days ago, come to me. And so I closed my computer, and I closed my eyes, and I asked Jesus for peace. And I sat in his presence, and it was so weird, because I felt my anxieties about the sermon just like leave, which is really weird. <laughs> Not because I had any great idea for the sermon yet. I didn't actually know that. that's what I was going to end up preaching on. Um, but Jesus, he gave me peace. All I had to do was go to him and just breathe and ask him for peace, and he gave it to me. And as an external processor and a fairly dependent person, um, I was pretty tempted to run to John and seek comfort comfort from him first. Um, Thankfully, he works third shift now, and he was sleeping during the day. Um, So Jesus didn't let me go to Jesus first. Uh, But for me, it's really easy to try and just, like, give my burdens to other people instead of giving them to Jesus. Some of us lean on um, other people to be this source of comfort and rest for us. But nobody is strong enough to take those burdens. Others of us turn to worldly things to maybe distract ourselves from the worries of the world. So whether that's like partying or mindlessly scrolling on our like social media, whatever it is, we try to numb ourselves from our worries. But in reality, Jesus wants to set us free from our worries. We can't give in to the temptation to come to anything other than Jesus. He's the only one strong enough to take your burdens. So whatever load you're carrying, Jesus wants to take that from you. 
and he wants you to turn to him. So when school gets stressful and it feels like you have a million assignments to do, ask Jesus for peace. Or when you've been mentally drained all week and all you want to do is just stare at your phone and numb your mind for a few hours, ask Jesus to give you supernatural energy. And when you're worrying about something in the future that, frankly, you have no control over, trust that God knows what's best for you. And you can even ask him to help you trust him. Coming to Jesus and turning off the turning off the noise of the world around us and just sitting in silence before the Lord is so beautiful. Silence and solitude is one of the simplest ways that we can come to Jesus, but speaking from personal experience, um, it can be really easy to give up on sitting in silence before the Lord. My recommendation is to just breathe and ask Jesus to help keep your mind focused on him, and he will help you when you ask it. Coming to Jesus not only gives us rest, but it also sets an example for what turning to Jesus could look like for other people. So when our life is crazy and the world thinks that we should be panicking, imagine what it would look like if we were just at peace. People would probably want in on that. So if we want to see the awakening on the campus that we've been praying for and to see students come to know Jesus, we have to first make the commitment to continually come to Jesus ourselves. Jesus goes on in verse 29 to say this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So growing up, when I heard this passage, I always thought people were talking about like a yoke, like an egg yoke. Um, if you don't know, and you've been reading this passage for however many times you read this passage, or you saw it up there, and you're like, that's not how that's spelled. Um, a yoke is not an egg. Uh, a yoke is like this old wooden tool that's used to harness animals together who have been trained to pull like really heavy loads. So while these aren't commonly used today, everyone who would have heard Jesus' imagery probably knew exactly what he was referring to. And we have a picture. Yeah, there it is. Aw, look at those little cows. They're cute. Um, but so these yokes would have two harnesses on them, uh, like so in the picture. And typically... Not in this picture. I should have chose a different one. Um, but typically, uh, one of the harnesses was bigger than the other one because they would pair up a bigger, stronger animal with a smaller, weaker animal so that the bigger animal could teach the smaller animal how to pull the heavy loads. And so in this imagery, Jesus is telling us that he wants us, or that he wants to be that bigger, stronger animal and that we get to work alongside of him and learn from him. So in order to fulfill the things that Christ has asked us, asked us to do, we have to learn from Jesus. Jesus gives us the opportunity to give up our struggles and to learn from him. Yet so often, our pride leads us to believe that we have nothing left to learn. But being a follower of Jesus means being a disciple of Jesus. And disciples are people that learn from their teachers. We can't just stop at coming to Jesus. We must commit ourselves to him and also commit ourselves to learning from him. Jesus is gentle and humble and honestly the best teacher we could ever ask for. And he wants us to learn how he does things and to do it with him so that we can be a better representation for him. So for anyone who doesn't know, my husband John, he is a big basketball guy, um, both watching it and playing it. Uh, and a couple of summers ago during COVID, uh, when we weren't allowed to like hang out with people, John was getting real antsy to play basketball with people. So naturally, I was the only opponent option. And I reluctantly agreed to start playing basketball with him. <laughs> uh, for some context, I played basketball in seventh grade, so... I played a total of five minutes the whole season, and the only reason they put me in was to, because the other people on our team were about to foul out, and they wanted the people to get fouled, so that was my goal, was to foul people. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not very good at basketball, so why would I play it? 
that doesn't make sense. Um, but John, being the more experienced player than me, he said he would commit to teaching me how to play and that when, that when we played together, it would actually be fun for him if I like actually learned how to play. And so that summer, we went to the park a couple of times a week, and he was my little coach. Uh, he corrected my form, and he taught me how to, like, follow through. I know what that means. So we also did a bunch of dribbling drills. So I'll show you to, how to dribble between your legs if you want. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, but he was my personal coach, and it was awesome. And I can proudly say that I learned how to play basketball. <clears throat> And because I was able to learn from him, uh, we were able to play together and have it be somewhat even in scoring. Um, to be fair, my points count as two and his only counts as one, but still we were pretty evenly matched. Uh, and because I was willing to learn how to play and let John coach me, I was able to become the superstar basketball player that John wanted me to be. And in the same way, we must let Jesus teach us to become the follower that he is calling us to be. We have to learn from Jesus because Jesus is smarter than us and he cares more about our lives than we do. And if we believe that, we should look to him to be our guide. We must come to him as disciples who want to learn, willing to be guided by his yoke and not just receive something from Jesus. One of the best ways that we can learn from Jesus is by getting to know his character more, by spending time in scripture and asking the Lord to convict us in ways that we're living differently from him. And then we can listen as he teaches us how to apply those things into our life. We should also spend intentional time listening to Jesus. I know this can be really hard with all like the chaos and the distractions around us, but Jesus often speaks to us in a whisper, and it's hard to learn from Jesus when we aren't listening to him. As we're preparing to head into the summer, this will be vital for our spiritual health. If this is your first year in Chi Alpha, um, or just in Christian community in general, it can be kind of daunting to think about going into the summer and being away from each other for a few months, and it's going to be really easy to get apathetic or um, push off spending time with Jesus or maybe even give in to sinful habits. But I don't want that to be your guys' story. So this summer, press into everything that Jesus wants to speak to you over the summer and let Jesus be your discipler. If we want to see an awakening in our everyday lives, we have to stay consistent with him. We have to commit to learning from Jesus how to look like Jesus. And in this chapter, Jesus concludes his teaching by saying this in verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus summarized this call for us to come to him and to take up his yoke with this beautiful assurance. His yoke is easy and his burden is light because Jesus bears the burdens with us. So for the people listening, I bet the thought of a yoke that was easy to carry was likely intriguing and possibly didn't even make any sense. But the lightness of his yoke doesn't come from anything, doesn't come from asking anything less from his followers. It comes from a willingness to rely on his strength to carry the heavy weight. We must rely on Jesus. On our own, the things that are so heavy and on us that are unbearable or maybe even impossible to carry. But with Jesus, they can be so light. Sometimes it feels like this isn't the case. It feels like we've done all the right things and we said all the right words but the yoke we're carrying is still so heavy. Yes, the yoke of Jesus is easy and light, but only as long as we don't try to steer the yoke ourselves. So when I picture this, or picture the yoke that Jesus was talking about, I think about one of the animals in the harness being this like big, strong, muscular ox who's like no sweat at all for him um, to carry the yoke. That's Jesus. And on the other hand, we have this like little tiny cow um, who keeps getting stuck in the mud and has like flies in its mouth. 
and that would be us. <clears throat> and I think about, like, if that baby cow were trying to, like, steer the yoke in a direction that the ox isn't trying to go or try to, like, move ahead, like, faster than the ox is trying to go, it, A, probably wouldn't work, but also the baby cow would end up just, like, hurting its neck every time it tried to go in a different direction. But just because the cow gets hurt doesn't mean that that yoke wasn't easy or light for it. The yoke is only difficult and heavy when the little cow rebels against where the ox is trying to go. But when the cow trusts the ox, and it trusts the one who the, ox, or who the yoke belongs to, he won't endure the heavy weight or the pain that comes from rebelling. The baby cow must rely on the ox, just as we must rely on Jesus. Jesus longs for us to wear the yoke with him. But in order to do that, we have to trust him. We have to trust that he knows the direction that, direction that we should be going and how long the trek is going to take. In order to take Jesus' yoke, we have to give up our desire to be in the, in the control center of our lives. This isn't a call to a lazy or apathetic life. There's still a yoke to bear and to carry, but with Jesus in control, that yoke can be easy and light. In order to rely on Jesus, we have to recognize that this isn't just a one-and-done decision that we make. Relying on Jesus is a lifestyle, something we do daily and in every aspect of our lives. Practically, when I think about relying on Jesus, I think about it in three different places, in our hearts, in our bodies, and in our minds. So in our hearts, it looks like when we rely on God by trusting him to do what he thinks is best for us, even when we're experiencing suffering and loss and heartache. One of the best ways we can practice reliance on Jesus in our hearts is through prayer, because prayer in and of itself is actually the acknowledgement of God's power, the promises that he makes, and our need for him. The second place in our bodies, um, that's when it comes to uh, our physical bodies. One way that we can rely on Jesus is by getting adequate rest, not just by getting sleep, which is important, um, but rest. So all throughout scripture, we see this need for rest be so evident in order to help people focus, keep their focus on God by setting aside the craziness of life and resting. And we see that through Sabbathing, through sitting in silence, um, and so many other incredible spiritual disciplines. We're trying in that we're trying um, to trust that God is in control and that he will refresh us both physically and spiritually. And lastly, in our minds, we can rely on Jesus by turning to God's truth when we experience discouraging thoughts and emotions. So in scripture, it says that we can take every thought captive. And we can do this by bringing God's truth to our minds and choosing to believe God's promises, no matter the emotions that we're feeling in the moment. We must recognize that we are not self-sufficient and that God desires for us to understand this reality. He wants us to see his extraordinary provision and deepen our reliance on him every day so that we can better understand the goodness of taking his yoke upon ourselves. The main idea tonight is this. We must sacrifice our desire for self-sufficiency by coming, learning, and relying on Jesus. I think for some of us here, we've been believing this lie that our own efforts are enough. And for a lot of us, self-sufficiency is probably like breathing. It's just something we do without thinking about. We work ourselves into the ground day and night, mentally exhausted and overloaded, picking up every little burden from others and putting them on ourselves and trying to be a hero, often all while worrying about every little detail about the future that we have no control over. Maybe it even comes out of your mouth, I trust you, Jesus but your mind and your heart is full of worry and fear of the future. Jesus wants you to rely on him. 
there are others of us who, time and time again, we follow our own guidance in life. And we trust ourselves to get us where we need to go and trust ourselves to become the person that we need to become. But Jesus wants you to learn from him. I think some of us believe this lie that God just wants us to work for him instead of work with him. We are yoked with him, but we think that he's gonna make us do all the hard work and all the heavy lifting. That's so far from the truth. Jesus wants to carry your burdens and worries and guide you through this life. He has not called you to be some work mule. He has called you to be his son or his daughter. And as sons and daughters, Jesus also wants us to come to him. So there are some of us who think that coming to Jesus is something that only happens once for us. But Jesus wants us to continually come to him, enter into his presence and give us everything we need and more. There are still some of us who have never answered that call to be his sons and daughters. So if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, I know it can sound like a daunting task to learn from Jesus and be totally relying on him. It's hard for Christians too. But Jesus wants you to come to him, to rest in his presence and to know his character, to have relationship with you and to walk with you through this life. There's nothing sweeter than coming to Jesus. When we come to Jesus, we come because he first humbled himself and came to us. He left heaven and earth and everything. He left heaven to come to earth to live among us, to live the perfect life and take the penalty for every wrongdoing we could ever do and every wrongdoing we've ever done. And Jesus got up on that cross and he paid the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I could walk in relationship with him. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, my prayer for you tonight is that you would see just how sweet coming home to Jesus is. When we commit to coming to Jesus continually, developing as his followers and learning from him and pursuing complete reliance on him instead of on ourselves. And as we commit to doing that, we let Jesus take our burdens and take his yoke. Our life will begin to look different. Our worries have weight to them. And as we give them to Jesus, we will experience lightness of Jesus's yoke because that's what he says in verse 30. And we believe that it's truth. When our minds are not occupied with these burdens and worries of this world, we will also be freed up to do the work that Jesus has asked us to do. When we lay things at the feet of Jesus and refuse to be self-sufficient, not only will we grow in our relationships with Jesus, but we'll be a better example to those around us who don't yet know him. When we stop looking to ourselves and start looking to God for strength, we become the followers who can show others the heart of the God that we follow. Let's be a people who commit to understanding that we can't do everything on our own. We know that everything we do in this life must be done by him and not us. When we depend on God instead of ourselves, we will begin to understand his sufficiency. He is enough. And as we believe that, we will, he will grow us into being people who are full of joy and gratitude, even in the midst of our darkest times. We can eagerly fight the temptation of self-sufficiency because we serve an all-sufficient God. And when we do this, Christ's incompar incomparable character shines. So if we are a people who continually turn to Jesus and get into his presence, people will notice. And if we commit to learning from him and trying to become more like him, people will notice. And if we decide not to give in to worry and to lay down our own plans for the plans that God has for us, people will notice. Awakening will only happen when we stop living in self-sufficiency and rely on Christ to awaken not only us, but those around us. 
If you guys would stand with me, I want to pray for us tonight. And I think that there's a couple of ways that the Lord is asking us to respond. So earlier when I was sharing about Jesus on the cross and talking about him laying his life down for you and um, you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you would like to, um, I just want to give you the chance to come to Jesus tonight. Whether that's for the first time or the first time in a long time, Jesus wants you to come to him. So scripture says all we have to do is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and to put our trust in him and he will forgive you and cleanse you and put, make a new life in you. So I'm gonna count to three and as I do so, I'm just gonna ask that you would do this simple act of raising your hand so that I know who I'm praying for. But the simple act is just an outward sign to God that you're ready to come to him. So if that's you on the count of three, would you just raise your hand? One, two, three. Jesus, I just thank you so much that you came to earth and you came to us first so that now that we can come to you, Lord. Father, I pray for the people who raised their hands, Jesus, that um, you would just give new life in this place today, that you would continually remind them of your presence that is just gonna be walking with them wherever they go, God, that they can turn to you in every moment, Father. Thank you so much for new life. Others of us might be here tonight and we recognize that we've been living in this self-sufficiency, doing everything on your own, not trusting Jesus, maybe trusting him with your lips, but not trusting him in your heart and your efforts. And tonight, I just wanna encourage you to ask Jesus to remind you of his strength and provision in your life. Ask him to reveal his heart to you and to start the process of giving up every aspect of your life to him. So if you wanna lay down your need to do things on your own, as we sing this last song, I just wanna challenge you to put those things before Jesus. So whether that's you coming up to the altar or you going um, to the outside of the room, I just want you to get alone with God and to give everything that you've been taking upon yourself and just give it to him. Put the things that you need, um, total, give him total reliance of, put that before God. And if you need prayer for anything, we're gonna have a couple of people in the back who um, are ready to pray with you. But I'm just gonna pray for us. And as I do, you can just move about the room and we're gonna take some time to respond to God during this last song. So Jesus, we just thank you for being in this space, God. Lord, I just pray that for any burden that we're taking upon ourselves, God, any workload that we're trying to, to do ourselves and not give to you, Lord, I pray that we will be able to put that at your feet tonight, Father that we would not only come to you in this space tonight, but that we would continually come to you, Lord. Not only that we would learn from you and hear your voice tonight, God, but that we would continually learn from you. And Father, not only that we would put the burdens before your feet tonight to rely on you, Father, but that we would continually rely on you, Jesus. Lord, would you just make this the anthem of our lives and that um, we would stop carrying every burden, God, and we would just feel this lightness that you have allowed us to feel in your name, Jesus. We love you so much, Father. We pray all this in your name.